Hey there, Nathan here. Um, and I just had a quick note before the episode. Um, we don't acknowledge it during the episode, but I do want to mention that this is episode 69, and because of that, I am legally required to say, nice. Welcome to Beat It Ed Source, your home for settled law. My name's Nathan, your most supreme host. <laughs> My name is Andy, your partial birth host. Oh, yikes. Uh, I'm Pat, your habeas corpus host. Hey. And uh, today, we have a very special topic, but first, how are you guys? How's your weeks, months, years? How have you guys been? <laughs> I mean, not years. Not it's years. been a minute, but it hasn't been that long. Yeah. Um, uh, there are uh, here's here's what I'll say. I, I'm just going to get started. Uh, there are a lot of big things happening in my life uh, that are not ideal, and I will be happy to talk about those at some point. But now is n- probably not that time. So I'm doing okay. <laughs> That's fair. Well, I'm glad fair you're enough. okay. Thank yeah. you. We are uh, we're looking forward to seeing you at D and D next week. Hell yeah! Yes, same. Um, I guess I can go. Um, things are okay here as well, but it's um, more of a like. There's great stuff, but it also sucks at the same time. <laughs> so like, right. mainly, <laughs> I'm referring to house stuff. Uh, you know, we're we're moving in. This is the weekend that we're moving in. It's it's the end of May right now, and and we're um, it's actually Memorial Day weekend. So I have Memorial Day off tomorrow, uh, and I took Tuesday off as well. So we're I mean we have a we have a wedding to go to tomorrow evening. So we can't really dive too deep. But you know, it's like we're just getting ready to move in, and we apparently are having. Uh, family around uh, the weekend after that or next weekend so that's going to be great because we're, we'll totally be ready to entertain family not at all but like it's it's good um, progress is going um, the, the floors got done and those look fantastic um, nice so like a couple things that are very stressful and one of them is really kind of maybe I don't know I feel a little bit dumb complaining about it, but my arms and hands are completely and totally beat. I mean, I'm I'm very very like I, my whole body aches and sores. I can barely move <laughs> without like it hurting and all this other stuff because I'm just spending so much. <laughs> I'm I'm wearing my body out with all the work on the house. <clears throat> oh, oh, it's a deep burn. Oh, it's so deep. Ah. Oh, I could barely lift my right arm because I did so many. I don't know if you heard me counting. I did over a thousand. <clears throat> you have your ubulus muscle that connects to the upper dorsimus. It's boring, but it's part of my life. But my art, like from the elbows down to my fingertips, have taken a particular beating, and I just am like covered in bruises and cuts and scrapes and mystery marks. All over my hands and arms. Yeah, uh, I noticed on your arm, like uh, right by your elbow, uh, when we were at D and D. Yeah, yeah, it's real bad. It's all over. I got uh, it's it, and it, it hurts. Everything like <laughs> I can't touch things. 
without and so uh just as we were getting on i um I squirted some hand sanitizer on my hands thinking, nice. uh, you know, just to clean them up, but it got into all the cuts and that was just pure pain for a blinding hot minute. Um, Yikes. So, so what actually did it is you, you were doing like scraping or something or I don't, I don't know, all sorts of things, just everything that I like, um, physical labor. Yeah. Uh, I mean, working with some various metal things, cut uh, screws and and uh, nails and stuff in in spots and like I mean I don't know just stuff that scratches and cuts. Nice. Um, but it's been fun and I, I get to be handy and do a lot of handy stuff, so that's fun. But anyway, the other the other thing that's a little bit frustrating with this process is that. My wife, whom I love, <laughs> in her mm-hmm. infinite anxiety, has very much like trying to like push to do get certain stuff done, but our, our, like get ourselves ready to move in. Now I am trying to as well. I'm trying to get ready to move in, but she and I have different ideas apparently of what needs to be done before we move in, and you know, oof, it's just been. Um, it's been stressful because we're both very tired. We're both working very hard and then spending every waking minute of our not working time working on the house. And, um, so, you know, uh, but like she, the anxiety I think has pushed her into this hyper, hyper ADD mode kind of thing where like she, (laughs) Every time she turns around, she sees something else that needs to that she that needs to get dealt with, and she starts dealing with that. But then, in in the process of doing that, she turns around and sees something else that needs to get done, so she starts dealing with that. Like, and I can't keep mm. up. Anyway, there's there's a brilliant scene uh, <laughs> with um, Brian Cranston from uh, Malcolm in the Middle, where he's trying to fix i believe it's a light bulb (laughs) and he like so it's it is a perfect encapsulation of what fixing every problem in my life is like (laughs) where he tries to fix a light bulb and then he goes to a drawer and the drawer squeaks when he tries to take out a new light bulb so he goes to like get the the oil for the drawer but the shelf is loose so he has to like get a screwdriver to fix that and then he grabs the oil, but the container is empty, so he has to go to the store to buy more oil, but he goes to start the car, and there's a problem, so, <laughs> yeah. like, his his wife comes home, and he's underneath the car, and she's like, did you fix that light bulb? And he says, what does it look like I'm trying to do? Yeah. And, like, <laughs> it's, like, ex- exactly that. It's, yeah. like, one thing leads to another, leads to another, and in your mind, at the moment, it's perfectly reasonable the way you're dealing with it but it doesn't make any sense at all from the outside right yep so it's good it's good yeah that's most of it i mean that's most i mean, i really i don't have any time for anything else to be going on right now no so that's, that's great it. and i i totally relate to what you're going through i went through the same thing about 10 years ago there's just a point where the things in your house they won't be fixed but you just don't care anymore <laughs> and you just learn to live with them. So like lean into this moment now where you're fixing all the stuff that's wrong. Yeah. Cause there's just going to be a point where like 
the shelf is broken and the light bulb is out and everything, <laughs> and you're totally comfortable with that because that's just the way the house is. Right. <laughs> okay. Um, I I had a pretty good week. So um, my stepbrother's wedding was last week, and uh, yeah, and super happy for him. Uh, super happy for his new wife. Um, they they both happen to be pilots, and uh, he's a flight instructor, and she is like training to to be, I think, a flight instructor. And they did something really cool. They actually had the wedding at a hangar and took people up on planes for little 10-minute rides hmm. um, during the wedding. And that's kind of like what they did for their wedding. So uh, I thought you were going to say that everybody, the whole, everybody in the, the audience had their own separate like plane and the, <laughs> the whole wedding was in and, the air. And then we just dropped them out of the planes at the yeah. time. <laughs> um, no, but I mean, so that was super cool and fun. Um, it was great seeing that side of the family because obviously her side of the family, well, not obviously, but I had just never met her side of the family before. I don't get to see like my my stepmom and her side of the family really that often. So it was great seeing all of them and like reconnecting with all of them. It was just a great time. Um, and then in also good news... Like, I got a little bit of a sniffle this week because um, I just get seasonal allergies, I think. Like, just whenever the weather changes, I start to get a little sniffly. So I was like, oh, man, I went to that big event. Did I manage to pick up something? Uh, I grabbed a test, and I am negative for COVID. Yay! So, <laughs> hooray! This is George Costanza. I'm, I'm calling for my test results. Negative? Oh my god! Oh, why? 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 What? Negative's good. Um, I didn't want to say better news than the wedding, but you know, also good news. Um, right. Besides, like the better news of right. my stepbrother getting married. But yeah, so that was wonderful. Um, you know, all of my my sisters and their husbands were in town got to see my baby nephews and um you know they're shooting right up like they're getting way they're doing heroin not not shooting up heroin i'm gonna i'm gonna rephrase that (laughs) my my baby nephews are getting much bigger quickly um and uh yeah i mean it was just great seeing uh seeing the whole family so um yeah i mean i I love being able to spend time with family. It's something that I don't get to do like super often, uh, especially my my stepmom's side of the family. Like I never see them. Like I'll see them like once every couple of years. So um, yeah, it was great catching up with them. Cool. And super happy for my stepbrother and his new wife. Like I think they're going to be great together, and uh, she's really sweet. So. As long as she gets to retain all of her constitutional rights. Nice. Nice transition. Okay. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> okay, so um, let's let's talk about this, shall we? Um, on May 2nd, uh, and something, from what I understand, unprecedented happens. Absolutely unprecedented. Which, a leaked- to be fair, that's a term that's been thrown around a lot over the last few years, but this really has never happened before. Right. So, 
a leaked draft of a legal argument to overturn Roe v. Wade on May 2nd gets released to the public. Right. Well, that's not... it. It's a leaked draft of an opinion about another case that the Supreme Court is hearing this term, and in part of the opinion, in the majority opinion on that case, Mm -hmm. which this this draft was written, uh, this draft opinion was written by Samuel Alito, um, he makes arguments that also overturn Roe. It's not that the Supreme Court's just sort of like writing this thing that like, we just don't think that this should be precedent anymore out of the right. blue. They are hearing a case. I mean, <laughs> right. let's be this... clear, bad, bad arguments, but arguments nonetheless. Yeah. And this, this is how things wind up at the Supreme Court to be, to be heard. Like, I mean, they don't just make decisions out of a the blue. They, right. They, they, right. That's why any Supreme Court decision usually has the name of the case, like, you know, Roe v. Wade, like, all of those decisions right. that you hear about are from actual court cases that came before the Supreme Court. They're they're right. not just, like, issuing... But the court doesn't uh, just, uh, like, uh, reconsider an old case. It has to be a part of something new that comes up. Right, absolutely. Correct, yeah. And so, as part of this draft, we get the opinions of the members of the court, five of which are siding on the side of overturning Roe v. Wade. Do we have those numbers yet? Last I heard, we just know that it's the majority opinion, but we don't know who is sitting where. I mean, we we certainly have a guess, but even Roberts is in question, right? Right. According to a Politico article, quote, a person familiar with the court's deliberations said that four of the other Republican-appointed justice, Clarence Thomas, Neil Gorsuch, Brett Kavanaugh, and Amy Coney Barrett, had voted with Alito in the conference held among the justices after hearing oral arguments in December, and that lineup remains unchanged as of this week. And when that article was written was uh, the beginning of May. It looks like uh, May 3rd of 2022. Right, and it should be no surprise okay. to anyone that if it's a majority opinion that these are the five judges that would have taken this step, but you know, it's it's nice to have it on record that uh you know, we right. know who the five judges are. Um now, also I want to add that they have since confirmed that this leak was authentic, which was completely unnecessary and nobody was pressuring them to do so. But they decided to do it any well, maybe people were pressuring them to do so, but they certainly didn't need to. So here's the thing about that. The the one surprising thing slash definitely not at all surprising thing is this also means that at least and I, I haven't looked up um Clarence Thomas's or uh Alito's um hearings, but when during the hearings of Neil Gorsuch, Brett Kavanaugh, and Amy Coney Barrett, all three of them said that this was settled law and that they would not vote to overturn it. Right, and, and, and if you look at that through, like, a slanted view, you could be like, isn't that perjury? And it's like, just perjury. Fun, it's, fun, I don't even think that's a slanted view. Well, like, you can't really charge Supreme Court justices with... Perjury. I mean, they were testifying in before Congress. Like, 
it seems pretty clear cut that that would be perjury if they were anyone else, which is really like, are we making a mockery of justice here by saying like, because they are who they are, what they did is not a crime. When the president does it, it is not a crime. It comes to mind. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I mean, so they can certainly, uh, like, if, and this certainly won't happen, but, I mean, they could be thrown out of office if Senate the Senate chose to do that. The Senate will absolutely not choose to do that. It it won't happen, but, I mean, they they could get thrown out. But Nathan, maybe they changed their minds. Mm, I, I, maybe they changed their minds in the intervening years. So, and, and here's, uh, here's the thing. I don't, like, I'm furious at Republicans, but also, like, not at all surprised. Like, they've been working towards this for decades. For 50 years, they've been working towards this. Right. And, they specifically, like, we knew what they were happening. This is why everybody who told me, oh, you're overreacting about them, uh, not letting, um, the Democrats have, like, not having, letting Obama pick his Supreme Court, uh, nomination Garland, or yeah. their hypocrisy over when they voted in Amy Coney Barrett after they didn't let Obama have, like, call y'all. Like, like two if, if, months if, before the end of, uh, Trump's presidency or something right so and it, like the, that's the thing Re- republicans and you know i i do want to <laughs> i do want to say something i ran into somebody earlier today and as always uh i sort of like i said i like to on republicans and i i don't like republicans and i think i've made that clear but when i say i don't like republicans i want to be clear that 99 percent of the time i'm talking about republican leadership and I feel like I don't make that clear often enough. Republican mm-hmm. voters, maybe I have a problem with you and maybe I don't, but I don't automatically have a problem with you. Um, I do, however, have a problem with your leadership because I think they lie to you all the time. They're making choices that are not in the best interests of the country. And so I just, I just want to be clear on that, like probably more often than I am when I shit on Republicans. I'm generally not on the voters. I'm, on the people that the voters elect. And I don't know... <laughs> right, which is an important distinction, but, like, maybe they shouldn't vote that way. Mm. Maybe, oh, like, man. Maybe. Right. Um, Just a so suggestion. Anyway, from my perspective, this is pretty clearly perjury. Like, sure. We, but whether that perjury has any effect or not, I mean, I think we know it doesn't. It certainly doesn't, and they knew it wouldn't when they did it. Like, there's no downside for them just bald face lying to get the job because once you have it, you have it for life. And this is the way this, like this is the death rattle of the Republican party who chooses not to like change their stances to meet the voters, but trying to get power in whatever way they can to like keep it for as long as they can. So this is how they're doing it anyway. Right. So it, it is a very unpopular opinion to overturn Roe v. Wade, like they've polled people, and people generally poll at about thirty odd percent of wanting to overturn Roe v. Wade, and so like even at thirty percent, like 
that's a lot of Republicans, too, that don't really want to overturn Roe v. Wade. So, right. like, I guess you could say it is, it is the majority of their party, but it's, it's not the majority of the American people. Well, but, and... but, but now this is going through. I mean, there's no reason to think that they will change their minds significantly in the coming months before, um, this draft decision becomes a final decision. Um, so like maybe public pressure mounting could sway them, but like I, that seems dubious. Like, I mean, to me, I think the only thing public pressure does is makes it even more like, I don't think there's anything that would change it no matter what, but I think for them, the argument is like with public pressure, they can't give in to like it, that can't have any effect on the law. So assuming that they're making these, uh, making these decisions in good faith, which to be clear, they absolutely are not, Mm -hmm. but assuming they're making them in good faith, the argument is, well, this was leaked to the public. We can't give in and change our votes just because the public doesn't agree with us because that's not the way the law works. And generally, I would agree if their arguments, their legal arguments had any basis in the law at all, but they don't. I mean, Sonia Sotomayor even brought up... It's still debated in religions. So when you say this is the only right that takes away from the state the ability to protect the life, that's a religious view, isn't it? The the only reason they're making these arguments is because of their personal religious views. It's not about the law. It's about how they feel religiously. And so, I mean, but what do you do about it, you know? That may be the case, that they aren't making the arguments in good faith, but the arguments do hold water um, to a certain extent, some of the arguments, I should say. Um, Please so go. First, Please do go one on. One thing I think needs to be kind of acknowledged is that it's pretty widely known and, and acknowledged among legal scholars on both sides of the aisle that Roe v. Wade was not actually good precedent. Um, it was a poorly decided case, and uh, so. You have to you have the to go on to that more. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, so which scholars and what why? happens with so the reason it's shaky um, legal, I guess I don't know groundwork, and I am not a lawyer, so I am probably not going to explain this as well as an actual legal scholar could. Sure, but. Um, my understanding is essentially, so, row, row. Row your boat gently down the stream. Row rests on this right to privacy. A right to privacy isn't a constitutional right. And um, mm. it is considered an implied right or an enumerated right in a lot of cases. Or in a lot of uh, right, um, but be- because of the right to be free is, from unreasonable search and seizure. Yes, correct. Which which implies a right to privacy. Correct. But it's you know that part is kind of a little bit mm, iffy. And then um, Roe was basic based on like life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. And the right to liberty is what Roe rested on, and that liberty rested on the privacy. 
So it's a multi-step interpretation. And I just want to make this clear too. The Supreme Court does not write law. The Supreme Court interprets law. Interpretations change. That is the inherent nature and intended nature of the Supreme Court. Right. So just because the Supreme Court decided one thing once is never supposed to mean that it has to decide the same thing later on. That is very important, in fact. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we put a lot of importance on precedent and, and previous court decisions for deciding new ones um, when it's convenient. But I think it's all about convenience because ultimately people just... you Logic, and this is one of the th funny things about law, law works a lot like logic in this way. You can use... You can twist it to get whatever result you want. And ultimately what people do is they work backwards. Here's the result I want and here's how I can achieve it. That's, I think, 100% what the republicans are doing with this case they saw they have this case they reverse engineered overturning row um i don't think that even they would deny that exactly um because of how this case and i forget i think it was louisiana mm -hmm. or mississippi where this case is coming from that the supreme court is hearing but the mm -hmm. republican lawyers who are seeing trying the case and are and are pushed to get it to, to the supreme court there was this whole moment where they completely changed their argument for that case in the state Supreme Court, I think, so that it would open the door to potentially going to the Supreme Court and overturning Roe. Um, and I think, I think maybe we fact-check this, but I'm pretty sure that they said that explicitly in their argument, that they said that not only this this and the other but this needs to that that because of all this row should be overturned fact check fact check fact check and welcome back to fact check this law coming out of mississippi that the supreme court will be ruling on is like many others conservatives have teed up over the years this one bans abortions past 15 weeks which is ridiculous on its face Seemingly the only difference now, however, is that Republicans were able to weasel three different Supreme Court justices onto the bench during Trump's term in office, and the balance of the court is now wrecked. Also based on that shift in balance, the Republican Mississippi lawyers shifted their arguments from one of fetal viability, which has been very difficult to get the court to even look on in the past, to a much simpler argument that Roe v. Wade and Casey v. Planned Parenthood were unconstitutional along with stare decisis and should be thrown out. Anyway, let's get back to the show. Fact check, fact check, fact check. And, you know, I want to just to go back to my previous point and to kind of back it up. Like, you can, if you want to look it up, Ruth Bader Ginsburg specifically herself laid out why Roe was weak precedent. Now, she did not, she still didn't want to overturn it. But right. she was not impressed. She did not think it was strong precedent. And in fact, at the time Roe was being decided, she was work was a lawyer trying a uh, a different case regarding abortion that would have actually been a stronger precedent. 
for what it's worth, but it didn't pan out. Mm-hmm. I had uh, written a comment on Roe v. Wade, and it was not 100% um, applauding that decision. What I said was, the court had an easy target because the Texas law was the most extreme in the nation. Abortion could be had only if necessary to save the woman's life. Doesn't matter that her health would be ruined, that she was the victim of rape or incest. I thought Roe v. Wade was an easy case, and the Supreme Court could have held that most extreme law unconstitutional and put down its pen. Instead, the court wrote an opinion that made every abortion restriction in the country illegal in one fell swoop. And that was not the way the court ordinarily operates. You know, it waits, it, it waits till the next case and the next case. Anyway, it was that, that, that some women felt that I should have been 100% in favor of Roe v. Wade. So, right, so I, I would like to say just a little bit about precedent. So, I mean, like, exactly like you said, like, precedent is an important concept, but it is not the only concept. Like, when we bring something to the Supreme Court, often what we are doing is we are testing precedent and, like, seeing if something has changed to, to make something... Um, unjust that was previously seen as just or vice versa like brown versus board of education you know um you you could say like that was never just in the first place to have racially segregated schools and you would be right but it took brown versus board of education in 1954 in order to get that correct decision so like Mm -hmm. previous decisions previous precedent can't be a hundred percent of what you go on right I with think making decisions i'm gonna i'm gonna maybe possibly embarrass myself here but i'm gonna put myself at the mercy of a fact check i think that brown versus board of education overturned plessy v ferguson you are absolutely right yeah yes yeah, I mean, versus Ferguson. I, what I what I like the idea of now is that all three of us will be overturned by the fact check, but we'll, we'll see. <laughs> I th- I'm I, looking I, at it right now. Right. Okay. Good. Nice. Can we step back for a second? Because what I want to do is I want to talk about that right to privacy real quick. And yeah, how, absolutely. Like that's the scaffolding for so many different things. Like so, you overturn Roe, and it's not just Roe that gets overturned. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> the right to privacy. Obergefell. It's well there's well there's that for sure, but the thing is the easiest way I've been able to find to describe what uh privacy laws protect or the right to privacy is is it's the right to be let alone. Yeah. This is the thing that conservatives don't understand. Uh it doesn't necessarily affect your right to own a, a firearm. It does affect your right to own a firearm privately. It does affect who you're able to have sex with and how you're able to have sex with them. It affects who you're able to marry. It affects, I mean, everything. It, it just, it affects like 
like the way you own land, the way you invest your money, the way you do anything, you don't have a right to anonymity with anything. And so I this it's yeah. this like Pandora's box no. that they're opening well, and they don't understand how far it goes. Potentially and I think you but I mean, yeah, absolutely. There's, I think there's clear and and just something to throw out there. I I don't know if you guys have had a chance or or really intended to read, you know, the opinion or not. I know I only read portions of it. What about you guys? I did yeah. not. I did not read it. I I read chunks and I've read a lot of what smart people had to say about it. <laughs> right. So, okay. So about the same here. Um, one of the things that really did that that stood out to me. Is, um, he he did actually specifically address that this opinion, according to him, that this opinion only applies to the issue of abortion and doesn't apply to these other issues. Now, uh. I, while on one hand, boy, do I want to believe that because that because. I don't want to see things like Obergefell come down, which is uh, the the court case that legalized same-sex marriage across the country. Um, I don't want to see stuff like Loving v. Virginia come down, which is the one that legalized uh, interracial marriage. You know, um, those are those are just two examples of other court cases that hinge on that same exact right to privacy. Samuel Alito says that this wouldn't apply to them. But here's the problem with that. <laughs> They're the fucking Supreme Court. Every decision they make applies to everything. Thank you. Right. Yes. And so he does, he's not able to make that claim. He just yeah. like that's not a thing that he gets to control. So yeah, it's, I, it's like it seemed very much like a oh don't worry about it we'll take care of that later. Right? Like, yeah, yeah. Oh no, 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 no. You're fine. You're fine. Did I ever tell you guys I met James Overfell at one point? I shook oh, his no. hand. Cool. Did um, you? Wow. He he Where'd came. You meet him. Uh, so with so many good things that have happened in my life, hmm. uh, Lexi, um, <laughs> I I ran the um, I ran the stage at Toledo Pride one year, hmm. and he came and he was uh, the head of the parade. And uh, nice. he came and gave a little speech on the stage, and I told him I was <laughs> Lexi's brother, and <laughs> that gave me the credibility I needed to like actually have a short conversation with him and um, tell him. Told him it was an honor to meet him, and he tried like he did not feel that way towards it at all, and uh, he shook my hand. But it was, it was like a, certainly one of the coolest people I've ever met, um, nice. if not <laughs> if not like the way he carried himself, which is plenty all on its own but like who he was and what like what his relationship through. meant to yeah. all of us really mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah so all right anyway i just wanted to make that that point that about um about it applying to other privacy issues sure absolutely so i want to get into a little bit of like what the bolts and screws of roe versus wade like actually does sure so it pushes the issue out of the hands of the state, uh, the individual states, and puts it into the hands of the federal government. And it says that a woman has the constitutional right to uh, liberty to choose to have an abortion without excessive government 
restriction. So, um, you know, a, a very disingenuous argument to backdoor your way into this. They call me backdoor Santa. I make my runs about to break a day. Just to say, like, we should push this to the states. Like, it, it ought to be the states that are able to make this decision for their populace. So I, what I would like to hear, and I think this will be just like a softball, but why shouldn't that be the case that the states get to make this decision? Uh, so I'll go if that's okay, Nathan. Yeah, no, go for it. All right. So really quickly, I, I want to just tackle one quick thing. Technically speaking, Roe v. Wade, although that is the term we use, is not really the most like current and applicable law regarding abortion. Um, KCV Planned Parenthood right. is a more recent case that is what you're talking about. Pat sets the standard of an undue burden that a state that that can't be imposed. Um, mm-hmm. Roe v. Wade itself just uses a simple trimester situation. It says a woman is entitled to do whatever she wants in the first two trimesters, and I believe it was just a ban, a ban uh, other than you know life threatening cases in the third trimester. And uh, for what it's worth, I think. You know, Roe is actually a much more reasonable law uh, or or precedent or whatever you want to say. Uh, Anyway, okay, why shouldn't it go to the states? Very good question. Right now, there are 20 some odd states, I think 22 states that have restrictive abortion laws set to go, trigger laws set to go into action if, um, if Roe is overturned, which will outlaw abortion. Full stop. Um, Well, maybe not full stop. Some of those laws have exceptions for life-threatening cases. Not all. Some of those states have exceptions for rape. Not all. Some of those states have... Some of those laws have exceptions for incest. Not all of them. For what it's worth. Um, And... Many of those states also... So, um, you have an issue of... First of all, the the insurance situation. A lot of insurance is state by state because every state has slightly different laws about stuff. This is one of the problems uh, of, or one of the reasons why healthcare is is so hard in this country is because right now there's just there's fifty different microcosms and they can't all unify very easily, um, mm-hmm. and so you might not be able to get coverage, uh, insurance coverage for an abortion um, in your state. Another issue, and this is pretty bonkers to me, but there's multiple states, and I believe Connecticut is the one that I know about for for sure. I think that's the one I'm thinking of. That not only have laws to ban abortion, but actually have a law to ban people from going out of state to get an abortion. Right. Which is, right. like, just mind-bogglingly not okay to me. Um, so, uh, basically, for that and a lot, you know, there's, there's other reasons where, like, if you basically are limited based on what your geography, on your access to abortion care, if you need it, if you need one, where you may have to travel hours away and then have to come back 24 hours later because there's a law that says you have to wait at least 24 hours to after the consultation to get the abortion done. Yeah, totally wild. And so you have to make 
you know, it's like it's that that that's just a sampling of some of the most the most low hanging fruit reasons why you can't just punt this to the states. It wasn't that long ago that we were talking about uh, Texas's bounty law that would allow anyone to yeah. sue people for damages sure. and like receive court costs from anyone they sue for damages yep. for aiding somebody yeah. <laughs> in having an abortion. Or a doctor that is suspected of performing an abortion. Or a woman that is suspected of having an abortion. Like, just, like, wildly draconian laws. And, like, another point that I really want to touch on here is that, like, the text of the Constitution isn't changing here. Um, how do you just overnight just, like, wake up one day and you've lost a constitutional right when the text of the Constitution has not changed or been well, amended. Like, that's just bonkers to me be, that you would just lose a constitutional right. Because like, it is technically, your right. Technically, it wasn't. It technically was not a constitutional right. It's an interpretation of right. an interpretation of a constitutional right. It's... Sure. I, I mean, that, so, but that's the problem. That's the problem. And if you wanted it to be a constitutional, or it doesn't even need to be a constitutional right, it just needs to be a law. All they have to do is pass a goddamn law. Congress has had, right. I mean, this has been going on, the The abortion, let's keep in mind that uh, when, uh, when Roe v. Wade happened in, I think, the 70s, right, abortion mm-hmm. had, had already been an issue raging for decades in the country. Um, let's not forget that uh in the 20s and 30s they started the 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 religious uh people people in this country would murder and demonize abortion clinics and stuff um i mean or or drive people <laughs> Thank to suicide God that ended. i mean like right right well um so like <laughs> the the, the uh, um this has been a thing for for a long time although not as long as the history of the country it back as if you want to, there are isn't isn't there a um, we can fact check this, but Benjamin Franklin had written a, an, an abortion pill recipe or yeah, something and like his, that in his almanac. Um, he had a, yeah. a recipe. It talks about like make sure you start to take it a week before you expect to be out of order. So take it before you've even missed that period, and it'll be most effective. So it's very explicit, very detailed, also very accurate for the time in terms of what was known at the time for how to end a pregnancy pretty early on. And then at the end, it just really comes out swinging and lets you know, this is definitely uh, related to sex because it says, you know, also women, you know, in order to prevent this complaint at the end, so prevention for next time, um, don't long for pretty fellows or any other trash whatsoever. The thing is, no, the founding fathers didn't share the same view of aborting a pregnancy that we do it just it wasn't the huge deal that it is now so back then founding the the founding of the nation days um women were uh up until the point of what was called quickening which is when they could feel you know the the baby moving inside their their belly i don't say belly i know it's not their belly anyway um that point of up until that point of quickening it was not only common but like encouraged for women to self-abort um by doing all sorts of crazy things like uh falling down stairs and stuff that they would actively try to get their what they called it 
something, but get their period back, get their menstries or something. It was some weird, like, weirdly cute name for it. Suppression of the courses, here's how to solve it. And the word courses from about the 15th to the 19th century, I looked in the dictionary, it means menses, so it means your period. So that's a missed period. That is horrifying. Their menses, get their menses back, that's what it was. Yikes. So, I mean, like, and, and you're talking about up until quickening, like, you're talking about essentially third trimester. It, it, not that different from, uh, from what the row, what row was. So right. th- that actually is the longstanding tradition in this country. All right. That's all. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. That was my side point. So to step back to the question that Pat originally asked, which was why shouldn't the states be allowed to make these decisions? It's because you don't get to make draconian laws about other people's bodies just because you don't see them as fully human or fully like fully able to make their own decisions you you just don't get to do that i like obviously we do get to do that and have done that for like all of the history of our country but you shouldn't be able to do that just because i mean we still have republicans saying that uh whether mixed race couples are allowed to marry should go back to the states as well. So you would be okay with the Supreme Court leaving the question of interracial marriage to the states? Yes, I think that that's something that uh, if you're not wanting the Supreme Court to weigh in on issues like that, uh, you're not going to be able to have your cake and eat it too. I think that's hypocritical. No, f- you. <laughs> okay, <laughs> sure. I mean, um, let's, but let's not. Make right. So here's, here's what I propose. I propose a federal law that every male from, let's say, 12 years and up has a forced vasectomy. Every male has a forced vasectomy. And then when you get older and you can prove to a judge in a court of law that you are ready to have a child, you can have it temporarily, uh, reversed. And then, then you can have a child and then we'll go ahead and like re-vasectomy you. Um, and then it's, it's a much simpler, much easier, uh, procedure. We don't have to worry about it. Then they don't have to worry about controlling people's bodies and there's no right to privacy anymore. There's no right to bodily autonomy. We've already gotten rid of those with this decision by the Supreme Court or we will get rid of those with this decision. And so if the goal is to stop abortions, I can pretty much halt them in their track. And I want to be clear, biological males. I am not trying to make a, a, a choice on uh, anybody's gender identity. But uh, biological males, 100% vasectomies in the country. It will stop virtually every abortion and we'll be good to go. If that is the, if that is the goal, if that is what the religious right is trying to do, I have an easy way to take care of it. So are we all on board? Everybody? Well, I mean, cu- couple of problems. Uh-huh. Just a few. Like, so, sure. so first of all, I mean, if you want to talk safety, like, yeah, vasectomies are very reliable, very safe, but they do happen, um, like, there are medical mistakes that just every now and then kill people, like any surgery, no matter sure, how sure. simple or non-invasive it is. Like, that's just a thing that happens. And also, like, if we're just going to compare apples to apples, like, the safety issue is on the side of both 
keeping abortions legal and also not forcing people to have vasectomies. So, like, if, I mean, if, if what you want to like, do with I, the law is, like, keep people safe and not dying unnecessarily, like, you would probably just want neither of those things. I sort of agree, but it's like, since we've decided that people can't control their own bodies, why even bother trying and make the, the decision? Why, like, it doesn't matter if they don't want the vasectomy or whatever, if, like, there's a blah, blah, blah chance... To uh, yeah. to die because of the procedure, it doesn't matter because it's not their body. It's the it's the the body belongs to the government. It belongs to the state, and so we can tell you what to do with it, uh, and we can force you to carry this this bundle of cells to term that you didn't want. And so why why not just like go the next step and stop that bundle from even like having any chance of happening in the first place and then we don't have to worry about i mean it'll cut down on abortions it will cut down on orphan children it's i think it's it's a like a near perfect plan i think so i i actually have a precedent to refer back to that is older than the constitution so in the US, <laughs> if you say the bible yeah we're referring back to the bible <laughs> And I've done everything the Bible says, even the stuff that contradicts the other stuff. In the United States Declaration of Independence, we have a right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, which, if you are going to use the state to voluntarily deprive someone of their life without any due process, without a trial, mm -hmm. which is something statistically that will happen... In some of these states, like, that is just an inevitability of uh, medical complications from pregnancy, then you have denied someone their right to life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness um, without due process of giving that person a trial. Which, I mean, I guess we only worry about that when it's convenient, because there are people who have been like, executed without trial in, say, like, drone strikes and, like, military engagements and things like that. But, um, I think... Thanks, Obama. I, th I think maybe we should worry a little <laughs> bit more <laughs> about that right to life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. That's just me. But... Right. So, um, something I think that, if you guys are a game, is worth talking about is, um, you know... The Democrats do have a bill, and it is only a bill right now. I'm just a bill. Yes, I'm only a bill. And I'm sitting here on Capitol Hill. I believe it's been passed in the House, but not in the Senate. Uh, although there is a nearly identical one in the Senate right now. Called, I believe, the Women's Health Act or something like that. Didn't that, didn't that get shot down in the Senate? Yeah, I think it's dead in the Senate um, because, you know, the Democrats have their mansion to keep from having to actually help right. people. Um, they have a mansion And, I, and I, think I've, I think I've mentioned this before. Like, I kind of hate Joe Manchin, but you know who I hate more than Joe Manchin? Every single Republican in the Senate. I mean, okay, yeah, sure. Sure. That's fair. I mean, just because he's not going along with, like, yes, he's he's a bad person who's, like, like, but we like to, like, 
throw Mansion and Cinema under the bus. And yes, they don't go along with the party. And yes, you know, they're just Republicans. Like maybe not in name, but certainly I in indeed. Uh, I to be I mean, honest, like I. <laughs> I would say that I think it's the Democrats who throw them under the who are throwing them under the bus to keep to to make sure that they don't have to actually pass anything. I don't I think it's the rotating villain thing more than mm. I think their own personal actual like beliefs. I think they're the designated bad guys right I now. I think that's I think that's probably fair. Like I don't think it's that far from their actual beliefs. I think that like for example, I think that they do both have uh like qualms with getting rid of the filibuster for example. Um but I think that they totally could be persuaded in in no time if indeed that were actually the party's goals. Mm, in in any know? case, it this is this is something that but 70% of the country wants to keep as established law and we have like over 50% of lawmakers in the Senate that are not adhering to the will of the people and and an interesting point that was brought up um, I know we've talked filibuster before but um, friend of the pod Tim if you're listening hi Tim Tim. Tim. said on Twitter uh, he had this great idea, and like I of course liked and retweeted this. Um, anything that gets filibustered should automatically go to a purely democratic vote. Just have the people of the United States decide any issue that hmm. lawmakers are either too immature or you know unwilling to compromise or cannot come to a decision to, like just. Democracy, yeah. baby. We're just doing. We're just doing a vote. We're just voting on it. Mm. Well, and I'm. I'm gonna. <laughs> so I'm gonna. I go like ahead. that idea a lot. <laughs> that's that's a decent idea. I don't hate it. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and just throw on my my usual brand name clothing here for a second. Hypercolor clothing changes color with heat. Only by Genera. And, okay. and talk and say that <laughs> I think that neither party actually wants abortion to be actual settled law, like as in a law that gets written and passed. They kind of want to keep it in the courts because it is such political fuel to right. keep them elected and to so that they can keep running again as the other people are bad, the other team wants to mm-hmm. kill your babies or the other team wants to take away your constitutional rights it is it is a gold mine for keeping their their oligarchy in place the political industrial complex running smoothly i right. and i know that that sounds really really deeply cynical and horrifying because there's actual lives in the balance um, but it's honestly, I don't think that they really care. I um, I think that they figure people are going to die anyway at some point, and we've got to make sure that like <laughs> that we keep our people protected. And so, I I mean, I'm not necess- necessarily saying that they're all conspiring specifically, like they're in a secret meeting saying, "Okay, now we're all on the same page that we're gonna, you know, do the." 
Well, it's a well-known fact, Sonny Jim, that there's a secret society of the five wealthiest people in the world, known as the Pentaverate, mm. who run everything in the world, including the newspapers, and meet tri-annually at a secret country mansion in Colorado known as the Meadows. So who's in this Pentaverate? The Queen, the Vatican, the Gettys, the Rothschilds, and Colonel Sanders before he went up. But I think that all of them individually look at it as going, you know, it really benefits me the most when it's settled as it is right or when it's where it is now. Decided in the courts. Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean that seems reasonable. Right. I, I would like to just point out that, like, you know, I don't want to discount the passion and the, like, willingness to go out and vote that that very vocal 30% has I don't think they should have their way, but they are an important voting block, and they do go out and vote, and oftentimes they are single vote, uh, single issue voters. Oh, very much. In fact, um, to be honest, I, so here's the problem: it's not just you. You bring up this like seventy thirty, and I've I've heard that poll too. I've heard that too, but the problem is actually in the middle ground because. Um, there's, I think it's actually pretty similar the other way, um, of people who would want, uh, you know, abortion legal in all circumstances. It's really this this middle ground of, which is where uh, uh, like a middle forty. Yeah, ultimately that middle forty percent that they are wishy washy because it's it's hard to pin down at what when it's should uh, if. if if it's if the question is because this is the problem with polls, you have to look at who's asking the question, what question they're asking, why are they asking that question, blah blah blah. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to pay to get questions on polls and to get yourself on polls. Like sure. they don't just come up with it in 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 the newsroom. <laughs> they get paid to put questions out there. So and it's all about the wording. So if um, right. if the question is, should abortions be legal under all circumstances? Like, the vast majority of people are going to say no. I mean, I'm going to say like, yes. Uh, and and to be clear, Republicans throw this out there, and they're using it right now in their campaigns, saying that the Democrats think that you should be able to, basically, like, when your water breaks, you can make a game-time decision. Nope, you know what? Never mind. I think I'm going to abort it. And they'll they'll Right, because they're lying. Like... That's what Republicans say, and and they are absolutely lying. First of all, that uh, very I don't think any I don't I don't think I know anyone who would say that. Second of all, they say that that's in the bill that that the women's health care bill. It one hundred percent is not, right. and that is Jen Briney certified that it is not in there. Right, um, uh, and she again, reads, I can't. She actually yeah. reads the law. I can't stress enough how much you need to start saying "friend of the pod," Jen Briney. Right, friend of the pod, Jen Briney certified that that is absolutely not in that bill. Um, that the bill says doctors may perform abortions, that abortions may be performed in the third trimester under certain circumstances, like when the uh, mother's life is in danger and going to she's going to die, right? So there's very strict stuff about it. It is absolutely not what they say it is. 100% they are just 
just liars about that. So the tricky part here is, right, if you want to pass a legislation, you want to make some of the, uh, in order to make these decisions that's going to actually, like, you can't just pull up the stat and say, well, 70% of uh, the country doesn't want Roe overturned. But 70, but a lot, you know, that's not how many people want the, the current law to change. Uh, most right. people are unhappy with the current laws as they are. Um, and so the issue is finding out, figure, taking the time to actually figure out what is, what would work, what is good law, what can be, you know, compromised on it, you know, and the other part is you have this hyper, not hyper, well, hyper polarized country where compromise is unacceptable to most people. You know, I don't think Nathan wants to compromise with Republicans. I'd, I'd and love so, to compromise with Republicans. <laughs> I'd, I would so, love to compromise with Republicans, but the thing is, it, they, that's as long not as what they, they do. just do what you say, right? So, you know, <laughs> uh, um, well, I'm, I'm just that would be shit. nice, but no, no, right. compromise. No, I know, I know that. I'm, I'm just giving you a hard time. And, but, but, you know, most of, like, so much of the country is saying, like, no, it's my body. I will do what I want when I want. You don't get to regulate it at any point in my pregnancy. And so hard line in the sand. No, you have to just legalize all abortions at all time. Like, and I know that that's what Republicans are saying is in the bill and they're lying about that. There are, there are plenty of vocal people on the left who, while they certainly would, would walk it back and talk about, you know, instances where maybe, you know, it shouldn't just be like willy nilly on, on in the ninth month or something like that. But um, there is very strong um, rhetoric and sentiment coming out of the left about, you know, aggressively (laughs) legalizing all all abortion, more or less. And you've got really aggressive rhetoric coming out of the right. Nobody in office is right. saying no, that. No, nobody and, in office. And no Democrat is saying nope. that. Like, that's that's hardcore leftist, no. which, you know, yeah. again, maybe they have For a sure. point and maybe they don't. Trying to present that is, as, like, Republicans trying to present far, far left ideas as the the mainstream Democratic view is just, it's it's all ludicrous. It is, but it's also, I mean, it's also kind of portraying all the Republican views as being that, you know, no abortion should ever be legal, and they just want this Sharia law. Um, that's <laughs> except not for the case, except either. for there, there are lots of Republicans saying that, and you know who's not like decrying it? The RNC. Like, <laughs> yeah, the, we're not the, terribly the, far like, from that. There are elected officials in the Republican Party who are saying that, and no one at the Republican National Committee is saying, "Oh, that's ludicrous." Yeah, the um, I think is the governor of um, Oklahoma, Missouri, might have been Missouri, was like bragging about, and I'm going to have to paraphrase, but I promised Oklahomans that I would sign every pro-life bill that hit my desk, and that's what we're doing here today. Senate Bill 612 passed with a vote of 38 to nine in the Senate. And 70 to 14 in the House. That's over 80% support in both chambers. Uh, And as governor, I represent all 4 million Oklahomans. And they overwhelmingly support protecting life in the state of Oklahoma. We want Oklahoma to be the most pro-life state in the country. Uh, We want to outlaw abortion in the state of Oklahoma. 
Attorney General John O'Connor and I know this bill will be challenged immediately by liberal activists uh, from the coast who always seem to want to come in and dictate a mandate and challenge our way of life here in the state of Oklahoma. The most important thing is to take a stand and protect the unborn and protect life in the state of Oklahoma. He, he, in no uncertain terms, said we're going to make sure that no one can get an abortion here. And that's that's a strange I mean, flex, bro. That's <laughs> it is weird. It is and 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 this is something where I mean, the, I will. While both sides do stuff, there's very clear different levels of what they're doing on this issue. And one side is way more extreme, both in the broadness of how many people share those views and how how strongly they hold them. Um, Which party you know, is it? Those the vocal people on the left. Oh, that'll be the Republicans are the worst ones on this uh, one, okay. for sure by a lot. And by yeah, by a lot. Like there's there's plenty of you know over the top rhetoric coming out of the left. There always is, but it is. It's just not, <laughs> I, in my opinion, it is not, uh, it's just not. The, the, it's, I don't, I, I, no words. Right. I can't so talk I, right now, but you I do want to address, I do want to address with a little bit of sensitivity, like, what a personal and oftentimes, like, really difficult or really traumatizing decision that that could have, have to be to make. Um, that, that some people, you know, a lot of women in their lives will have to experience or may find themselves in the situation of experiencing, or maybe even being pressured by a partner into making, but, or, you know, pressured by their government. Yeah. Can, can you imagine being unable to make that choice? Like that is, that is what we are looking at is like in a horrible, horrible situation, would you rather have your decision be made for you by the state that you live in? And right. I like, I, I can't imagine that that would be more right. comforting that that decision is made for you. I, I think that that, that decision clearly needs to be made between a woman and her daughter. Right. And the th the thing is like you don't need to think about whether you think it's morally okay for this to happen or not. You don't have to think about like what what an abortion is. All you have to think about is are you willing to take away a person's ability to make a choice about what happens to their body or not? I mean, right. and whether you're willing to turn women into baby farms it, like that well, they're not able to make the choice for themselves i all right can i i i um i'm gonna tread lightly here but <laughs> very very I, very lightly i think it is it it feels to me like you are very cavalier about shrugging off killing a baby and i I want to hear, I just want to clarify, like, I'm not necessarily saying that I think that that's what it is. We can go down, we can have this conversation in, in a minute, but that is exactly what you just shrugged off to hundreds of, uh, like, uh, half of the country or more. Um, 
No, you, about a, you're about like, a you third. You don't have to think about that. According to polling, it's have, about a third. A, no, that we just talked about this. That's the poll that says that they the they're about thirty percent don't want Roe to be overturned. overturned. Or no, want yeah. Roe to be overturned, but way more than that want uh, are. are are absolutely down for restrictions on on abortions that's you know within various degrees of what kinds of restrictions because almost everybody at some point recognizes that that is indeed actually a baby at one point at some point in development and right I would and I'm, also I'm not a philosopher say, so getting down to the right. nitty-gritty of like when does a person become a person is like a little bit beyond my pay grade, right? And all I'm at saying one point is, early on, it's clump of cells, right? And all I'm saying but is, it's completely on, irrelevant. Hold on, hold on, hold on. It Sorry, it's still, ta- still it going, still less. talking. So at one point in the pregnancy, that is a clump of cells, but at some point it becomes a baby, um, and so. They're really like you. The 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 question is when, where, how do you draw that line? And when do rights kick in is important. Like if you're if you're talking about like you know you're deciding if a person has rights over their own bodily autonomy, including maybe a prospective person or in a womb a, i mean at that point you know and and one of the you you hear a term the term viability um in this conversation and talking about abortions a lot and you know basically what that means is at the point of viability and as far as i know the earliest baby that that was successfully born and 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 lived is about 22 weeks is like this so like at some point it's not really like a perspective baby anymore. That is a baby that just hasn't actually been born yet, but it could be. Um, right. And but, uh, so, and survive and be a human. Okay. So. And like, and I will also add that at absolutely zero point in that pregnancy development, could that clump of cells ever develop into a non-human? Right. It will. It could never, like, get rerouted and develop into an elephant. Right. And, and I think Nathan had a rebuttal that I want to yes. get into. Right. Totally. So what I'd say is, like, from my perspective, I I would I would love to see those those pregnancies uh, come to fruition. It also doesn't matter at all. Like my opinion has no bearing. Like if if my partner were to become pregnant, I would be able to have a conversation with them and maybe they weigh my opinion and maybe they don't, but that's where it ends. I mean, what when whatever happens with the fetus is completely irrelevant because what you're talking about is turning a person into a forced incubator for something that is not their responsibility. And may, maybe, maybe they'd like to turn that into their responsibility and if they want to bring that pregnancy all the way through, I think that's great. And that might be the decision I made, but I was born without the parts that make it relevant for me to have an opinion that actually matters at all 
about this well, situation. Okay. If I can, if I can address that, like, so what you're proposing, Nathan, is that men have zero reproductive rights, which I think is like yes. debatable. Like, maybe that's correct. Yeah, I mean, um, from from my perspective, yes, I, probably. What I'm saying is, I don't have the right in any situation under any circumstances to force a woman to carry a pregnancy to term. Zero, that zero percent of the right. Zero. That sounds right to me. So, I mean, under, under that circumstance, now, that doesn't mean I don't get an opinion. It doesn't mean that I can't share that opinion. But at no point will that ever be my decision. Fair enough. I mean, so, and this is what makes this such a difficult, tricky topic to talk, to, to really arrive at some, you know, something with, because, um, you know, yeah, I, I, like, I agree with that. And I also, at the same time, I know that it's, uh, um, that I guess what, let me think. So first, first and foremost, like, I, yeah, I'm, I'm a man. I cannot have a baby. I cannot get pregnant. Um, at least not with the current technology that's available. Um, there is a cool and... movie called Junior that has a lot of cool technology. Arnold Schwarzenegger gets pregnant. I'm pregnant. From Universal Pictures and Ivan Reitman comes something inconceivable. Oh my god. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Feel how soft my skin is. That's it. Danny DeVito. Guys do not have babies. We leave that to the women. That's part of the beauty of being a guy. And Emma Thompson. You think men don't hold enough cards? You have to take this away from us as well. I would love, protect, and nurture the milk with everything I've got stop in me. Stop it. No, I don't stop it. I want my babies. Oh, there you go. It's great. It's it's an exploration of these same phys- philosophical issues that we've been discussing. Um, they really go into great detail about that. I was actually under nice. the impression that it was a documentary. So that's interesting. Hmm. Uh, philo- philosophy treatise is what mm. I would call it. Yes. My nipples are very sensitive. So, um, at any rate, you know, I, I, yeah, I, I 100% agree that, especially like from the, in my personal life perspective, you know, if, if I were in a position where, you know, uh, Caitlin were, were pregnant and we weren't ready or something like that, you know, we'd have that discussion and I would share my thoughts and then she would make whatever decision she wanted to make and I would be there to support whichever. Um, probably. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so... But under, um, but importantly, under no circumstances is your decision going to override or trump a decision that she makes. Like, exactly. Under, under and, no circumstances are you going to force her to do something. Right. But that's just a an interpersonal relationship kind of perspective. And if you want to talk about, about we're talking about law and the state. And so if we have to acknowledge that at some point in that pregnancy, that is a human being that is going to be born to an American citizen, then the American government has a duty to protect that life the way it does any other life. And ideally, we would want it to give the protection it gives to white male lives. So, <laughs> well, but um, so, so then here's the question about that. At what point does the American government have the right 
to force you to make a change with your body. Let's say we discover a technology where um, people who have uh, who who need an additional heart, uh, that heart can be grown on certain Americans, and you are one of those Americans. And so, let's say Andy, they are going to force you to grow a second heart. Congratulations. Uh, you can you can save a life. First of all, now I'm a time lord. <laughs> Is that what having two hearts makes you? <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, time lords have two hearts. Hold on, Mister. Two hearts. Am I gonna have it? Then? <laughs> I've only got one heart working. How do you people cope? Fair enough. Yeah, but that is that what makes them time lords? Well, but anyway, um, no, no, but that—that's the thing. You have the ability to save someone else's life. Let, let, let's even make it simpler than that. You have an extra organ. You're not using that lung, and the American government has decided you have to have that lung transplanted into somebody else so that they can survive. Yes, yeah, so for for some reason you were born with a third lung. Like, don't worry about it. It's just. A thing that happens. I mean, you could survive with one lung. I think that's fine. You so we're saying we're cool with that then, from the government. Oh, I mean, I'm. Not I mean, I haven't agreed to that. So, <laughs> right. I, I'm not saying that. Th- so here's the thing. Here's the thing. All of this is. It's. It is not that simple. It is never that simple. But any attempts to make things seem that simple are either maliciously misleading or. Um, or misled themselves. No, this is the glorious thing. It could not be simpler because it does not matter what the <laughs> okay. fuck you think about whatever is going on in that woman's body in terms of that clump of cells. It doesn't matter okay. when you think it turns into a human. It doesn't matter when it has fingernails or when the brain forms or when it starts higher functions or when it has a little heart. It could not matter less. It's all about it is that person's body, and they can do with it what they choose. Period. So, tra- traditionally and historically, we have started counting your life as starting when you're born. The moment that you're born. Sometimes down to the second that you were born. And there's a reason for that. Like... Until we very recently got technology like ultrasound to, like, determine the gender of a baby or, um, you know, the ability to take uh, early babies, um, you know, premature babies and keep them alive in an incubator. Like, a lot of these issues just weren't issues because, like, you didn't consider someone to be viably born until they are born you know Mm -hmm. um and like medical technology has increased a lot and we have um you know a much lower infant mortality rate which like is these are great things um but like you know the 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 moment that life traditionally has been considered to start is after birth i mean you you'd you don't count your birthday as, like, your conception day. Right. I don't know. Maybe that doesn't add anything to the conversation. That was my idea <laughs> on it. No, it it definitely would change the way we celebrated birthdays around the house. Like, 
mom and dad have to go celebrate. I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't, I don't even want to continue that. I'm. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I think that there's certainly an argument for if we're going to decide, if as a country, if our government is going to decide that, say, just for example, that um, that at the beginning of the third trimester, that that's a human life, worth you know, and and to be protected, un, you know, except for at the risk of the life of the mother, um, then. I think it's time to go ahead and assign that social security number at the third trimester. Start doing some, uh, you know, per, like whatever. Uh, oh, we don't do parental leave in this country. No, um, we can. Uh, so you know, that's the point if, where if there, you know if, child if, support if, kicks if, in at that point. Yeah, that's what I was trying uh, to think of. You could of. get um, life insurance sure. for that fetus. And the right. thing is, you cannot if the if the expectant mother were to commit a crime. You cannot send her to jail because you cannot get the consent of the fetus to go to prison as well. I've, I've never heard of a law requiring consent to go to At jail. At least until she's... <laughs> yeah. I would, um, you I don't would, think... You would absolutely need consent from the uh, from the innocent individual. If you right. have to send so, an innocent indi- individual to jail as well, you could not jail the guilty party who happens to be, like, their house at the time. Sure. I mean, fair enough. Like, if uh, you know, if if those uh, the trials of third trimester pregnant women need to get postponed a couple months until they give birth, you know, I'm sure that our legal system can handle that. I I think you know, I while a I don't think it's unreasonable to designate that a a point in the pregnancy where we decide that this is gonna this is now a life that gets protected. and I don't think that's unreasonable, but then we, you know, we have to then treat it like an American, you know, if we're, if that's what we're going to call it, that's what we got to treat it like. So, so from what I understand about ancient Greek history from the movie 300. Spartans, prepare for glory. Sure, sure. Is that <laughs> by, if by looking. That's a good start. If by good looking start. at a baby's skull, it's like misshapen or something, or for any reason that, you know, the parents are displeased with the baby, um, what they generally do is they just leave it out for the wolves in the wilderness. And, like, maybe it survives or, you know, maybe it doesn't. Um, Hell yeah. And I would like to see a return to that <laughs> that sort of I attitude. Thought, I thought they threw them down was, in the pit. I can't, uh, was I can't it the remember pit? now. I don't, you know, I, I haven't seen that movie in a few years, so I'll have to so, revisit yeah. it. Uh, I will say, you know, so you know... Um, how like the threat of nuclear when like nuclear destruction looms over us yes from multiple directions right now yeah it seems to me we should be collecting all these aborted fetuses and preserving them maybe cryogenically freezing them and putting them in space somewhere safe yeah so that after we kill ourselves off they can repopulate and repopulate Yeah. Yeah. yeah no i'm down with that that sounds that sounds reasonable Oh my goodness. Anyway, uh, Republicans are pretty bad. I mean, and, but here's the thing. I would like to congratulate them because the thing they've been working towards for like 50 plus years, they, they were finally able to like bad faith backdoor their way into doing it. So, man, I gotta say, congratulations I've, I've, guys. You, you did it. I've never accomplished something that I was working on for 50 years. So, um, <laughs> you know, big kudos for that. Yes. Way to go, guys. Give it some time, and you'll get there. For what it's worth, 
I mean, my one hope out of that is that this, if, if they do in fact overturn Roe and whatever hellish fallout there is from that, um, is enough to push lawmakers to write an actual law <laughs> that is actually like rather than just relying on an interpretation of an interpretation of some people who are now dead. Well, they tr they tried to do that and they failed, which uh, I think we covered a little earlier in the episode, but that would be the golden standard. I mean, I would love for them to do that. Yeah. Right. No, it's not it's not possible. We've we've given or Republicans too much power. We like we have a problem with uh the electoral college. We have a problem well, how Wait. many votes do you need for a constitutional no, we have amendment? have a problem you with the like, political uh, industrial complex. You need like a supermajority for a constitutional right. amendment, right? You need like a 60% or is it higher oh, than that? It, uh, I think it's higher than that and you need, I think it's like 75% uh, of the governors to also approve it. The Constitution spells out more than one way for amendments to be proposed and ratified. An amendment can be proposed either in Congress or by the states. If in Congress, two-thirds of the Senate and the House of Representatives must approve the amendment. In the states, two-thirds of them must call for a convention to approve an amendment. If either of those things happen, the amendment moves on to the states for ratification. It must be ratified by three-fourths of the states to become part of the Constitution, and that can happen either by a vote in the state legislature or by the state itself holding a ratifying convention. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's shoot no. for that. No. But you know, We're, if we can't yeah, get you, that, you work on that. We'll take. We'll take like you know legislation, any legislation. Right. But yeah, uh, it just, does not have to be a constitutional amendment. It just has to be a law. But I would. I would well, take a constitutional amendment. Like if it floated by on the river, you know, I would take it. Guys, we're gonna figure it out, or you know, not after the. Civil war that is undoubtedly coming. I mean, that's <laughs> that's just where we're at now. So, uh, thanks, you guys, you, you guys aren't in favor of gun rights, so that's too bad. Uh, you're going to be on the wrong end of that civil war. I've always said. I want to be clear. I have always said that my view on guns would change very quickly if there were ever <laughs> a zombie apocalypse, and I'm also including civil war in that. But yeah, fair enough. I probably, I probably just like. Let's just be honest. I, in both those situations. So, slow zombies, I think I could survive for a while. Fast zombies, I'm just done. Immediately done. I don't stand a chance. And the same thing is true of a civil war. If, like, if I could end up in a part of America where everybody was morbidly obese, I think I would stand a better chance. Try you know, s yeah, slow, slower, bigger targets. Um, but ideally I am a pacifist, so it would be hard for me to actually participate in any real way. Civil War is kind of like um, the nightmare zombie scenario because they are, they are fast, they are intelligent, and they can operate firearms and like vehicles. Right. So, it's bad. <laughs> like, if, if you made a zombie movie that had all of those factors, those would be the most terrifying zombies <laughs> that anyone's ever made a movie about. Hey, Simpson, I'm feeling a mite peckish. Mind if I chew your ear? <gasps> Dad, you killed the zombie Flanders. You was a zombie? Yeah. Oh, I did. I actually saw that movie. No, I, I'm not even kidding. There, There's a movie that I saw. I think it's on Netflix. I'm pretty sure it's called Precious Moments. Wow. Nice. 
precious moments. You you actually got me there. I did it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, really? <laughs> I was just bummed because you totally cut off. I was I was gonna bash on Republicans again, but oh man, no, that could now. be your. There's no reason why bashing Republicans can't be your precious moment. It's it's too. No, no, I have a better one. Uh that's not. I guarantee you, that's not true. But uh, do you want to do you want to start us off? Okay, sure. Um, I mean, you don't so have to. This is. This is something really cool that happened um, recently. Um, so uh, there is a place in um, England near Somerset. It's called Exmoor. Um, in in this place, there's been this little flower that's popped up. It's called a bluebell. Okay. And what's very exciting about this is that these bluebells that just flowered on this hillside, they have not flowered in hundreds of years. <laughs> are they, they possibly are... a sign of an upcoming apocalypse? <laughs> um, I have a bunch of questions. So, like, it, is it that those specific ones have not bloomed for a hundred years? Or, like, that species hasn't bloomed in a hundred years? Yeah, so... um so, here's a quote, okay, uh, from from Exmoor National Park Authority, Graham McVitie. Graham says, We had no idea there was going to be this huge display this spring. The bluebells must have persisted beneath the bracken for several hundred years since it last had a tree canopy. These are ancient woodland indicators, so we are, in a sense, recreating the conditions for an ancient woodland. Um, an assistant huh. there added, since we started controlling bracken and planting trees, the suppressed bulbs have reactivated and flowering bluebells have carpeted the site. And we'll stick a, a picture in a doobly-doo. Um, they're really pretty and, um, you know, they're, they're very pretty flowers and the hillside is very pretty, but I am just in, in, awe at nature and some of the wonky stuff nature does. Hell yeah. Um, you know, it's kind of, this kind of like reminds me of like the cicadas that like they're just underground for 17 years, then they come up, scream, have sex, and die. <laughs> and it sounds like, like my spring break. What? Nice. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like nature's so goddamn goofy. I love it. Well, so like it just it weirds me out that they can survive dormant for hundreds of years like nothing came by to eat them or like mold. They didn't decompose or It's just strange Apparently to me. Apparently not. They've just been dormant. They did fine. Um you know, you think, uh, like, you know, other things go dormant. Uh, viruses and bacteria and stuff. Captain America. When? Cap <laughs> yep. Captain America. Good right. point. Yeah, Good point. sure, okay. Uh, speaking of which, I heard uh, Disney Plus is considering doing a remake of the movie Encino Man, which I loved to <laughs> an unbelievable amount when it first oh, came no. out. Encino Man starring Brendan Fraser yeah. and Polly Shore. Polly uh, Shore yeah. is one of the most obnoxious humans. I love him. Uh, and he's, Polly, he's, he's great in yeah, Biodome, Polly but he is the most the obnoxious. Sure. He is the most obnoxious person that exists on Earth. I see your Polly Shore and I raise you an Andy Dick. Yeah, still, I love Andy still, Dick. Still Polly Shore. 
Still calling short for me. <laughs> I love Andy Dick. He's such an asshole. He's a horrible. Oh, he's a horrible man. And I there's actually uh, an absolute uh, terrible story about him that I will not share during Precious Moments. But I hate because I hate him. But I'll tell you guys uh, when we're done recording the episode. And anybody who wants to reach out to us on social media, I'll be happy to share this story with them as well because he's an absolute trash human being. Oh, yeah. Um. Anyway. Uh. Oh. So I can. I have a couple of short ones. They're not like they're good, but they're not you know great. Hit us with them. You don't have <laughs> to preface anything. Uh, the first one is there's a copy of a quote wicked Bible that was found from 1631, and uh, <laughs> the only reason why it's interesting it was discovered in New Zealand, and the only reason it's interesting is the person who wrote it out accidentally wrote "Thou shalt commit adultery," <laughs> and like so a typo. So, uh, apparently it's like a big historical find because of that. Like it's like a baseball card that was accidentally like printed upside down or something. You realize so, that, that a lot of these were made just by like monks transcribing scripts. Right, just like, writing sitting there like, writing the same thing over again. Like, I don't think yep. Yeah, I don't think the Bible <laughs> itself is interesting. I think the fact that we've like assigned interest to the Bible because like teehee it says you should commit adultery is pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's the other a pretty thing, important one to get wrong, though, <laughs> to be fair. Right. <laughs> I mean, still better than, like, uh, go ahead and murder. Yeah, like, fair enough. Get, get your murder on, I guess. But it, but it was one of the Ten Commandments that they made a typo on, rather than just, yeah. like, any random sentence in the whole thing. <laughs> so, I mean, and my guess is, if we looked at that book carefully, there are probably other typos throughout that thing. Oh man, it's um, a misprint. <laughs> this thing's gonna be worth a million. Ooh, five cents each. Junk. Junk. The airplane's upside down. Stratovius. So the other thing I found, and I'm a little bit embarrassed about this, but not really. I've found, I've been sort of embracing the fact that I very clearly have, I had it as a child, and for a while I was like, oh no, I don't have it, but I definitely do. I have, uh, I have adult attention, hyperactive, uh, I have ADHD. Sure, um, for sure. For, and like, for sure, sure. a bunch of us do and stuff like that, but I've been getting into, like, people who have been talking about different, like, hacks for, like, ADHD adults and, like, like explanations of like you're not alone because like other people feel this way too and blah blah blah. Anyway, a good place to get that information is TikTok. And <laughs> I don't want to be a TikToker. I don't like I don't ever post anything there, but there there's some good information. But the other thing that I found is I very much enjoy uh Dungeons and Dragons uh content through there and stuff. And because of this, I have found uh this guy uh Adventures in Ardia, and you don't need to remember that, but what he has decided to do is, I think, kind of genius. Uh, what he does is every day for his lunch, he does something called Roll for Sandwich. And oh, yeah. so he starts out, he has like, I think, six different types of bread, and he rolls a D6 to figure out what bread he'll get, and then he rolls on roughage. So is he putting... Uh, banana peppers or lettuce or banana 
on his sandwich today, and then he rolls oh, no. for like his his like main. It's it's not just meat, but sometimes he'll have ham, sometimes he'll have chicken, sometimes he'll have hummus, whatever. Protein. Um, and but where it really goes off the rails, like exceptionally goes off the rails, almost every time, is he uh, rolls for sauce, and his sauce mm. is is twenty items long, and he <laughs> hates he hates ketchup, and so really? ketchup is his critical fail. So if he ever gets a one, he has to put ketchup on the sandwich. He actually found a banana ketchup somewhere in the world, which sounds awful to me. So he yeah, has that as another that one. Like he has atrocious. marshmallow fluff. That would be the worst one to me. Which has ruined many a sandwich. It's it's exceptional, but like I am I am hooked on watching this guy and the thing is, every day he he like builds the sandwich, he like cuts a cross section so you can see it, and he has to eat the entire sandwich and then he will rate it. <laughs> and so the highest I've ever seen was a 10 out of 10, um, and the lowest, and it was like the most bizarre sandwich, but like it, it worked great together. Um, and then the lowest I've ever seen was like a 1.2 or something. And, uh, normally that's like tuna combined with marshmallow fluff or chocolate sauce or it's, yeah, it can get bad. Anyway, I'm gonna include a link to one of these things. Um, Seems like a bad idea, but man, apparently he's TikTok famous for it. But right, Um, I at least at least with me. So roll for sandwich, hashtag roll for sandwich. I am a big fan. Yikes! So I I very often do find mine off of YouTube. I am a big YouTube junkie. Um, I came across this one. Um, This is a prank that was pulled in the UK. Um, Like I guess. Over like a relationship ending or something is the story. Now this this might be like entirely fabricated, but this was covered on a UK news network, um, which may or may not lend credibility to it actually happening. But the news story is that um, you know, as a breakup gift for a woman, um, a man uh, put up signs around town with her phone number and a picture of Chewbacca saying, uh, Chewbacca Roar Contest, uh, call this number $100 (laughs) to whoever wins the concert. Oh my god. So she started getting voicemails and they have like recorded the voicemails. Um, you can listen to them. We'll, we'll link it in the doobly-doo. Um, classic relatively harmless like this seems like a pretty harmless prank one of the funniest one of the funniest pranks that i've ever heard of Hakan's mother has been forced to block dozens of calls after her ex-partner allegedly took her phone number and plastered it on polls here around the cbd telling people to call up and impersonate chewbacca for a chance to win 100 dollars. this would be the most childish breakup i've ever had like all you had to do was be mature and go, I don't love you anymore, I want to move on. The calls have been waking her and her three young children up at odd hours in the evening, and they're yet to stop. I won 500 bucks. Well, I'm getting phone calls at really strange hours of the night, about 1 o'clock till 4 o'clock. Forced to call back the wannabe Wookiees and tear down the posters. Um, it just really struck my, my funny bone upon seeing it, and like, 
I couldn't help but share with the pod fam. <laughs> that is excellent. That's great. <laughs> And that's the <laughs> and end of our show. I don't know show. if you guys knew, but uh, in, in Wookiee, that translates to I really need to come up with a catchphrase. Oh, I said, uh, I hope we gave you something to think about. This week. And I said, love you, bye. Bye. time, like, I'm trying to say the R and the R at the same time. I can't roll my R while opening my mouth for the R. <laughs> I'm going to go take a second. Uh, the dog is barking, and I'm going to go strangle it, so I'll be right back. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> and that, there's your frontal. That dog has a right to life. <laughs> Man, you are on fire.